Um, so this morning I thought I'd just remind us about the goodness of the Father. So I was reminded yesterday when I was writing this of the story where Lazarus had previously died a few days before and Jesus turns up in his town. And his sisters were just so distraught. And when Jesus arrived, and this used to really amaze me, he cried. He cried. He wept. And it amazes me because he knew Lazarus was going to be okay. He knew Lazarus was going to be resurrected. But Jesus died. Jesus cried. He wept because he felt compassion for the sisters. He felt their pain. He knew what they were going through. And that's what he wept for. In John 16, Jesus says, You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy. That child, that a child is born into the world. And so it is with you. Now is your time to grieve. But I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. How wonderful that we have a Lord who understands and knows exactly what we go through. He lived in this world and experienced everything we could possibly go through. And he prepares a way through those tough times. And as we were worshipping this morning, I noticed the arrows around the, the hall. And I was thinking, yeah, it's that clear. He shows us a way through the darkness and through the tough times. We just have to follow him and stick with him. And he is leading us and he's holding our hands in all of that. Psalm 23 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Well, I was thinking about that. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. A shepherd's rod and a staff is what they use to scare off the wild animals, or even people who wanted to come and, and steal the sheep. They would have, have fought off any evil, any danger, any animal that tried to come near. In the book of Daniel, we hear David telling King Saul that he had killed a lion and a bear when they came after his flock. And I can just imagine when I read that, the Lord Jesus standing, and I wonder if he's holding like a staff, I don't know, but I can just imagine him standing over us and protecting us and also guiding and telling, commanding his angels to do the same thing, to protect us. And just a reminder, actually, that Jesus does pray for us to the Father. What a comforting thought to think that actually, no matter what we go through, when we go through it, that the Lord is praying for us and we're on his mind. Us, we're on his mind. It just, it just makes me think, wow, this is just so amazing. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, has you on his mind. In Psalm 55, 22, it says, Give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not permit 
the godly to slip and fall. He helps us stand firm and not be shaken. He's got our backs. And when I think of that, the first thing that always springs to mind is the story in Exodus where Moses is leading the Israelites out of Egypt. As the Egyptian army were coming up close behind them, they were starting to panic. They've got the Red Sea in front of them, and they've got the army behind them ready to kill them. But what does God do? He puts a pillar of fire so that they cannot come near. They can't touch his people. He's with them, and he's for them, and he's with you, and he's for you and me. And it's interesting that as Moses stood in front of the Red Sea and the people are panicking and saying, what have we come here for? Why did we, why did we escape? Where are we going to go? What are we going to do? He stands there and the Lord God says to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Lift up your rod, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go through on dry land through the midst of the sea. The Lord was trying to say that he had given them everything they need and he's given us everything we need. But sometimes we wait for the Lord to do something that he's already given us the authority to do. Many times we can go through tough stuff and we start to wonder how are we going to get through this? This is too difficult. It hurts too much. Can't see where I'm going. What am I going to do? But it's a good time to remind ourselves what the Father's already done, just like with this pillar of fire and splitting the Red Sea. Remind yourselves what he's done, not just for others, not just what he's done in the Bible, but what he's also done for you. Because I'm sure every one of you in this room can remember at least one time when God has done something for you. We have a loving, faithful Father God who has brought us through so many things and will do it again. And that's where our testimonies come in. They're so powerful. They're reminders of what God has done and what he will do again today and will do again tomorrow. I've seen miracles in my life. I've seen them in my family. I've seen them in my body. I was, I was healed of rheumatoid arthritis. I was healed of asthma and other things. We've had miracles of provision. We've had two cars given to us over the years. Some things a lot smaller, but just as important. But it shows that God cares about the tiny things as well as the big things. We've been given jobs. You know, I've had people ring me up when I've been thinking, okay, Lord, I just don't know what to do next. You know, I need money but I actually don't know where to go. We were abroad living in a foreign country and someone rang me up and said, I've just gone for an interview, but that's actually, that job's not for me, that's for you. I've told them you're going to ring them. I got a job, you know. <laughs> and my, my son went to a private school and paid 10%. You know, it, it, God is amazing. He looks after you. He looks after you through pain. He looks after you with his provision. He looks after us. I remember after we'd been in an accident once and we were recovering, neither of us could work at that particular time. And we'd noticed that actually we'd run out of toothpaste. And we're thinking, okay, well, neither of us can drive. Couldn't actually get to any money at that particular point. And um, I didn't even pray. I didn't even say to God, you know, we need toothpaste. I just thought, okay, what am I supposed to do? 
And a friend came around with a carrier bag. She said, I didn't know what to buy. I didn't want to bring you flowers. She said, so I just brought you some odds and ends. And guess what? Toothpaste. God knows what we need. Okay? Now, I've shared this many times, but I loved having two wonderful sons. But years later, I got to the point and thought, oh, do you know what? It would have been so nice to have a little daughter. And I sat in my garden with the Lord and I pictured my daughter. I pictured this little child with curly hair. And guess what? That's my daughter. She even has the curly hair. God knew my heart. I hadn't said that to a single living soul. But God knew my heart. And he loves to bless you. That's our father. That's our father in heaven. Whether you've had a father on earth who hasn't been great, you have a father in heaven who's with you. And he cares about your heart. He cares about everything about your life. Understanding the depth of that love of the Father will change your life. It will change your life. In Numbers 13, 23, Moses had sent some men to explore the land of Canaan. And they came back with one cluster of grapes that took two men to carry. They said the land flowed with milk and honey, but they said, but the people are big and powerful, and they were afraid. But one man, Caleb, said, let's go and take possession of that land. He understood the father's love. He understood that it didn't matter how big, how powerful, the obstacle that stands in in our way, God will bless you. We just have to receive it. And and by the way, did you know that Israel still has some of the most amazing fruit in the world? We were watching a documentary probably about a year ago, and I think it was avocados. And they're like twice the size of anything else in, in the world. And recently, we were bought some dates from Jerusalem. Oh, my gosh, I did not know dates were supposed to taste like that. They are totally different from what we've tasted here. God blesses. And when he blesses, he really blesses. But we have to receive it. I sometimes think of it like a present, you know, a present, a beautiful wrapped present with lovely golden paper, maybe a bit of bow on it. And we take it and we think, oh, isn't this wonderful? We don't open it. We're just Googling, just looking at this present and thinking, oh, isn't that wonderful? And God's saying, open it. This is my gift. I'm giving you my gift. Open it. I've got more for you. It's all in there. In other words, being a bit like Caleb, you know, you see the grapes and you think, oh, you know, that's great. I'll take those. But actually, there's more. God wants you to have so much more. And when we do receive them, let's remember to give thanks to where that came from. Give thanks to our Father in heaven. There's a warning story, actually, in Daniel about King Nebuchadnezzar. He had been blessed. But one day, he was walking on the palace roof, and this is what he said. Is not this great Babylon I have built for my royal residence by my mighty power and for my glory and majesty? Even before he'd finished speaking, a voice from heaven said to him, This is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you. You will be driven away from people and you will live with wild animals. 
You will eat grass like the ox. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all the kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. So it's a warning, actually, as well. It's God does bless us, but let's remember to give thanks when that blessing comes, you know, because he will bless you. He will bless me. He will bless this church. We will see our community come to know that love that we so desperately want others to know. But let's remember that he is God Almighty. Yes, we can call him Daddy. And I I don't, personally. I I call him my wonderful father. I call him my Jehovah. I call him my Lord, my Savior. But remember who he is. He is majestic. He is almighty. He is your loving father in heaven who will bless you eternally, constantly. Take those blessings and give him thanks. There are so many promises in the Bible for us to receive because our Heavenly Father does love us and he delights in loving us and giving us those blessings. He is faithful, he's loving and there is every, sorry, there in everything we do and everything we go through. He hears our prayers and loves to answer them. He delights in our company. He wants you, and I think I've heard this from someone here, he likes you to sit on his lap, sit at his feet, Sit in his presence because he wants you to hear his voice. Jesus tells us to ask and receive. So hold out your hands and receive. Open the gift that you've been given. It was only last week, and it seems such a long time ago, but it was only last week that we had our, our, our latest outreach. And what a blessing. We only managed to organize that in a few weeks. But we couldn't have done that without the blessing of God. We had over 50 people come and we had fantastic fun. And so did they. But glory to God because what a wonderful time we had and what a wonderful blessing that he provided. So on this Father's Day, I'd just like to say thank you, Father. Thank you for everything you are. Thank you for everything you give. Thank you for every bit of love that you lavish on us. Thank you for every promise. And thank you for all your love. And happy Father's Day to the greatest father ever. Amen.